Whether this is her first Mother's Day or her 40th, she deserves more. Shop tons of stunning on-trend jewelry for every budget at Diamonds Direct. Diamond fashion jewelry, beautiful birthstones, everyday pearls, starting at just $200. Commemorate the real loves of her life with a gorgeous pendant featuring the birthstone of the one who made her mom. This Mother's Day, Diamonds Direct is everything you need to say thank you. Diamonds Direct, your love, our passion. Online at DiamondsDirect.com. Live Nation presents Concert Week. From now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 summer shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirks Bentley, Janet Jackson, Megan Trainer, Peso Pluma, Sean Paul, Sum 41, and many more. For way less. Grab your tickets now through May 14th to see all of the artists you love all summer long. For just $25. $25 each. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to buy now. That's LiveNation.com slash Concert to buy now. The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well known to Americans. And yet, there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the campaign moment right now, wherever you're listening. When you think about the future, what kind of technology do you envision? Whatever the future holds, artificial intelligence will undoubtedly be at the heart of it all. Join Graham Class as he hosts Season 2 of Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast, and hear from the minds transforming healthcare, retail, entertainment, personal computing, and more with the help of AI. Tune in every other Tuesday and explore the latest technology that's changing our world today and creating a more accessible tomorrow. Listen to Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From UFOs to psychic powers and government conspiracies, history is riddled with unexplained events. You can turn back now or learn the stuff they don't want you to know. A production of iHeartRadio. Hello, welcome back to the show. My name is Matt. My name is Noel. They call me Ben. We are joined, as always, with our super producer, Paul Mission Control Deccant. Most importantly, you are you, you are here, and that makes this stuff they don't want you to know. Our uh, our show today kicked off with something pretty interesting before we started rolling. You see, our trusty ride or die on the ones and twos, uh, Paul Mission Control Deccant, showed us a series of pretty fascinating photographs that I, I think maybe we can discuss a little later in the show. Uh, let, let's set this up. Okay, uh, let's set this up with an easy example. Picture this. You're in a dark room. There's another person standing on the opposite side of this room. You're too far away to touch each other. You cannot see each other, but you're close enough to maybe hear each other speak. There is no source of normal, mundane light. But for some reason, on the far side of this room, you can see something. A vague profile, a dimly lit silhouette of some sort. Maybe it's changing color or size or vibrating differently as the person across the room experiences a range of various emotions 
have you just seen an aura? I mean, that's that's like the easiest textbook quintessential example of experiencing or perceiving an aura. It's it's something that's pretty common. Have you guys ever in your life had some kind of experience where you thought you saw something like that? I once had a black light poster. Is that the same thing? <laughs> no. 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 This is a bit weird, and I just have to quickly tell this story. One time, I was I was at a local Kroger, the um, one that was affectionately known as Murder Kroger here Classic. in Atlanta. Classic Kroger. It's still Murder Kroger. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I was going down one of the aisles, and um, an older woman was there shopping alone. And I, as I'm passing her, I just said, you know, a pleasantry to her or something. And she turned to me and she had this uh, kind of confused look on her face. And she told me that my aura was was golden and so bright. And I just went, uh, OK, <laughs> bye. And then left. And, and well, Thanks. and, and I. And I, yeah, I didn't know what to think of it. Like, it seemed kind. I don't know what golden auras meant at that time. Uh, I had a conversation with my wife about it, and we had this really interesting conversation about what we're going to be talking about today. And I didn't realize it, but this the belief in these things, auras, specifically with humans and sometimes with animals and other living creatures, it's a belief that is far and wide. And I did not realize this. <laughs> Yeah, some version of it is uh, is spread far and wide. Auras, the idea that uh, there there is something like a subtle anatomy to living things, right? Maybe not tangible, but there nonetheless. I'll be honest, I've had similar, um, I've, I've had experiences with similar things that I am still at a loss to explain. Uh, but we're we're gonna do our best today to unpack, <laughs> unpack as the academics would say, some of, of the aspects and facets of auras, but we have to start at the beginning, right? So what exactly are these things? Here are the facts. So in ancient Greek and Latin, the word aura means wind, breeze, or death. <laughs> That's my favorite board game, wind, breeze, or death. <laughs> Never it's the mind. original, it's the original <laughs> FMK. It really is. It really mm -hmm. is. Uh, and, and, you know, okay, let, let's, let's simplify it. So wind, breeze, and death are all forces that like exist, but you can't really touch them, right? Um, this is just me kind of editorializing here a little bit, but the belief of an aura really kind of simplifies down to the idea of an energy field, a vibration, something emanating uh, from or uh, between all living things. Um, and this is uh, like a lot of concepts in the sort of ephemeral kind of spiritual realm, uh, very much present among different cultures, uh, different religions, different geographical locations throughout the ancient world. Um, towards the end of the 1800s, uh, you started having spiritualists, mediums, fortune tellers, and the like, using the word aura to specifically describe a very visual phenomenon, um, which is kind of what we think of as an aura today. Yeah, light that emanates around or out of someone. And right, you know, we, yeah, we've talked not just about the vibe. Yeah, not exactly. And we we've talked about spiritualism before on this show pretty extensively in in you know, 
how that came about, at least modern spiritualism in the, in the 1800s there. And there was a specific person, a man named Charles Webster Ledbetter, who actually popularized the term aura for the Western world. At least he's he's cited as popularizing it, and he <laughs> he, he got you first know, white guy status. Yeah, exactly. We that happens a lot. We talk about it on the show a lot. Um, he was studying theosophy in India, and he you know said and you know believed that he was a clairvoyant of some kind, and that he could perceive something like this. Yeah, and clairvoyance, as we all recall is not the same thing as precognition. Uh, you know, uh, the most basic form of clairvoyance is the idea that someone can be aware of things that are happening in, uh, at a remove, right? You, you know when, you know the exact moment a sibling is injured in a car accident or a child, uh, or you hear, you know what someone is saying, a continent away. You have some sort of insight into the hidden world, and that's what uh, that's what this guy believed. Uh, he had been a priest at the Church of England. Uh, he later went on to use his clairvoyance, as he saw it, and his uh, the his experience in India to inform his writing. He wrote a book called *Man: Visible and Invisible* in 1903, and then in 1910 he writes a book called *The Inner Life*. And this lays out his interpretation of what kind of becomes the uh, the fertile soil of the modern belief in, in auras. He, he does something pretty snaky here. He takes his interpretation of the concept of chakra, right? And he remixes it, you know, he does some DJ Khaled with it. But unlike DJ Khaled, he does not credit the uh, the source of his knowledge. He takes his own ideas, he puts them with these ideas he learned from ancient belief systems in India, and he doesn't really give credit where it's due for the uh, for the Indian belief systems that he's somewhat plagiarizing. And then over the years. Just like uh, just like other authors picked up the mythos of H.P. Lovecraft and added to it, uh, other authors take this guy, Lepier's ideas, and they make them their own. And th this actually, it's weird because for a long time in the West, this was somewhat obscure. Uh, it was like a... It was like a minor point and also ran in the spirituality movement. Uh, and then in the 1970s, late 1970s, early 80s, the New Age movement picks this up. Yeah, and, and it's a little different in the New Age movement. But again, at the root, it's all kind of the same thing. And it even traverses into the world of paranormal research and paranormal belief. And in there, you're really talking about a an energy field, some type of visible or invisible to the naked eye energy field, but an energy field that exists around all humans, animals, and, uh, you know, sometimes living things, sometimes objects that have been touched or were significant in some action or to some person. Even a, when, you, when you think of objects, even like a whole house, right, or, or a whole church or a castle or some other location can have an aura to it. 
And a lot of times, kind of as I was mentioning earlier about this golden aura thing that Murder Kroger lady said, um, auras tend to be described as having a certain color or hue to them. And they have a certain size, whether or not they're going out further from the person or just right around their silhouette. And even some auras are, or at least some descriptions of auras are said to have a vibration, as we said at the top of the show, a, a certain frequency at which that, I, that light kind of moves. This is interesting because you will find uh, many practitioners of aura perception uh, saying that there are there, there's a certain geography to an aura, a certain anatomy about it, right? Like auras have seven layers aligned in one way or another with chakra points uh, or that they that certain colors always indicate certain things in our pal Paul's aura photographs uh, that that he showed us. Thank you for doing that, Paul. Before we, we went on the air, uh, he had a violet spot, I believe he was saying, and that indicated a specific um, emotional tendency or present emotion. And the thing about this is that in the realm of the paranormal, like you mentioned, Matt, or in the realm of what's called psychic healing, practitioners believe they can perceive this energy field uh, that it is as much a part of your anatomy as your hand or um, your, what's that thing on the elbow? What's the funny name for the elbow? The weenus. The weenus. Or your weenus, yeah. What? what? It's like your spiritual weenus. It's a it's part the little of flap of skin on the tip of your elbow that has no feeling. You can pinch it as hard as you please, and you won't feel a thing. And it's called a weenus. Mm -hmm. Well, now we all know. The more you know. <laughs> <laughs> or as the spiritual weenus. Uh, <laughs> we promise we, we are giving this, we, we are treating this with respect. So people will say that they have some sort of innate gift to perceive auras. And they'll often, this is going to be very important later, they'll often say that this is a family gift, right? I had a great aunt or I had, a, you know, ancestors who also perceived auras. That's pretty common, actually, when you, when you talk to people and they feel like they're in a safe space to disclose that information. But then you'll also hear people say that they have meditated or trained in the art of perceiving an aura. So maybe they didn't have the innate ability or they hadn't naturally just always practiced it, but they were able to study such that they could arrive at this perception. That's interesting because you can't, you can't usually do that with other sensory inputs. You can't practice looking at stuff in a way that makes your vision better. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And, and you know, um, there, are even, there are even people who say that they've either trained like that, like you're talking about, Ben, or they have a gift that is strong enough to where they can actually look at your aura and then tell things about you. Read that aura as though uh, it's it's a set of, or it gives insight into not only your personality, what you're going through, but maybe your past, maybe your future. Um, in the same way a dendrochronologist could read a tree's life, right? By which is true. I, I don't know why I did quotations for that, but it's true by looking at tree rings. If you cut a, a section of a tree or maybe one that's been felled all the way and you're looking at all the rings, um, you can see what's happened to that tree. These people say they claim to be able to read you. 
So it's sort of like uh, leftover layers of psychic energy or something that represent things that you've been through in your life or maybe traumas or, you know, you're, you theoretically could look at someone and say, oh, I see like palm reading or something like the idea that you can uh, read the tea leaves of this uh, this aura. Is that that's sort of what the, the the gist is? I mean, yes, I had always thought about it as closer to dream interpretation. Mm. That's the that's the way I had thought about it. Until realizing in this episode, really, until realizing that there are practitioners who who claim at least to be able to get very specific information from it, like a one to one, this color in this place at this vibration and in this frequency means this. And everybody who just heard that and automatically wants to dismiss it as cold reading uh, please save your emails for the end of the show. Yeah, well, we we get it. Like, I'm not <laughs> right. saying that I believe that or it's true. It's just I, I didn't understand that that was even a claim. Right, right. And the dendrochronologist is uh, is a great comparison because what ha- what happens can feel very similar. You know, I see based on this says the practitioner that you experienced a great personal trauma and that it affects you. In the modern day, uh, and I, I think most people, after a certain age, have experienced some great emotional trauma that affects them in the modern day. But I don't want to sound—I don't want to sound, you know, just dismissive of this. We shouldn't throw out everything until we we dig down into it. What's What's strange is that it reminds me of psychometry a little bit. There's there's a fantastic. There's a fantastic film called Vibes with uh, uh, Cindy Lauper and Jeff Goldblum. Uh, okay, looking into that right now. <laughs> <laughs> Have you heard of this? Is it, it's 80s, right? Or is it like yeah. early, early 90s? Or I, can't, yeah. I can't remember, man, but I, I loved it Whoa. as a kid because it has psychic powers uh, as, a, as a huge plot point. It is not uh, what most people would call a good or watchable film, but <laughs> Jeff Jeff Goldblum's character has a power called psychometry. Psychometry is like reading the auras of physical things. You can touch, uh, you you can touch something and get an impression of the last person who touched it or the last location it was at. And the more emotionally charged this kind of thing is, the more vivid the impression. So you touch a murder weapon, and it's a visceral experience. For some people who, for some people, when they describe encountering auras, they can also have a, a very visceral emotional experience based on their, their proximity to what they perceive as an aura. And they can, well, there are claims that they can uh, also manipulate people's auras, you know, as, as a form of uh, a therapy, as a form of therapy, right? But but this okay so if this stuff is true wait <laughs> vibes has a what is this 14% tomato meter on the oh, yeah. tomatoes no it's supposed yeah. to be just a real, let you know. okay. yeah. <laughs> real yeah, yeah, steamer yeah. yeah but it's got a 5.7 on imdb so i don't know maybe it's worth it okay well, that's, carry that's, on. That's, the, that's the critics versus the people matt and i would say you know that depends on which side of the fence you fall but the people are often wildly out of sync with the critics which i think is a good thing 
just folks listen just just check out the trailer of uh for vibes don't watch the whole thing you'll never forgive me for the hours of time you will lose uh it's it's actually true story uh i i had a romantic relationship that that kind of ended in a nascent stage because we were watching a, a film at my house and i said oh hey do you like 80s movies? I'll put on a fun one. And and it was vibes. And she was like, this is your idea of a good film. This is I not going to work out. I think you kind of buried the lead here too, Ben. Peter Falk is in it, basically playing Columbo. So yes. you got you got Goldblum as Goldblum, which is all he can do. Uh, Cindy Lauper as Cindy Lauper, which is all she can do. And Columbo as Columbo. Uh, and vibes and energy and pyramids and crystals and all that good stuff. I, it's, I, it looks, uh, it's, yeah. I'm going to watch it this weekend. Uh, I, you know, I enjoy bad things. I do too. I'm going to be right there with you in spirit, and I'm going to watch it too. And then maybe it'll affect our auras. So if any of this stuff is true, then we are, we have been as a species on the precipice of a brave new world of medicine, right? We could heal people. We could diagnose things in ways that we currently can't. So it's no surprise then that auras, more than some other psychic or paranormal phenomenon, have been the subject of pretty hardcore research, pretty fascinating stuff, widely varying in credibility. There have been tons of attempts to capture auras somehow, to manipulate them, to affect them, and perhaps most importantly, to document them in the first place. This is where we see one of the most famous examples of weird photography. It's something called Curlian photography. You guys have heard of this, right? That's right. And honestly, we can tell you right now, originally for this episode, we were going to focus just on that. But there's so much interesting stuff surrounding auras in general. That's why you're getting this episode right now. And we're going to tell you all about Curlian photography after a quick word from our sponsor. Live Nation presents Concert Week. From now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 summer shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirks Bentley, Janet Jackson, Megan Trainer, Peso Pluma, Sean Paul, Sum 41, and many more. For way less. Grab your tickets now through May 14th to see all of the artists you love all summer long. For just $25. $25 each. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to buy now. That's LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to buy now. Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, Snag a Job is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On demand, tempt to hire part-time or full-time. You name the position warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer? Yeah, Snagajob's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. 
The best conversations I have with my colleagues are the ones that happen when no one is looking, when we're not 100% sure yet what to write. Hopefully, having conversations like this can help you figure out your own point of view. That's kind of our job as Washington Post opinions columnists. I'm Charles Lane, Deputy Opinion Editor. And I'm Amanda Ripley, a contributing columnist. We're going to bring you into these conversations on a new podcast called Impromptu. Follow Impromptu now, wherever you listen. This episode is brought to you by Terminix. Terminix can't help you solve the world's biggest mysteries or take on alien life. At least not the ones you're thinking of. But they can help take care of pesky invaders in your home. Like the ants in your kitchen, the roaches under your sink, and the termites in the walls. Because when pests show up, so does Terminix. No matter what type of pest it is, they can Terminix it fast with personalized pest care that puts you in control. Their expertly trained technicians may not know true crime, but they know their local pest pressures. And with customized plans tailored to your specific situation, you get everything you need to not just get pests out, but keep them out for good. Between their speedy service, caring technicians, and over 95 years of experience, it's no mystery why they're trusted by homes and businesses everywhere. So if you have a pest problem, don't stress it. Terminix it. Visit Terminix.com to book your appointment online today. That's T-E-R-M-I-N-I-X.com to book online today. And we're back. So in 1939, a man by the name of Semyon Davidovich Kurlian figured out that um, he could capture these kind of strange glowing clouds uh, emanating from objects if he placed them directly on photographic paper and then zapped them with a high-voltage shock uh, across the object itself. Um, and some of these are really cool-looking, like super psychedelic, colorful images. Uh, one of the most famous comes from a leaf that has been uh, damaged uh, partially. And in the photo, you can see the physical leaf, but it also appears that there's some sort of energy uh, kind of remaining in the shape of the torn areas, like a fan phantom leaf, you know? Uh, so we could call that an aura, right? It, it's definitely one of those things that when you first stumble upon it and look at it, it, it pushes you towards believer in the slightest. Even if you're the most skeptical person ever, you see that image of the leaf and the part of it that is gone, that is still there in some way, mm -hmm. um, you're, you're, my mind at least was reeling when I first encountered this. Is this the one that's like, it's cut pretty cleanly and then, and then it's just like, there's like an outline right. uh, literally completing the leaf? Yeah, it's, uh, I believe it might, someone check me on this, but it might even be in the X-Files intro. Uh, this is this is one of those common. It's almost a business card for the paranormal at this point, uh, and it is legit. It's a real photograph. It's not photoshopped. It's not um, it's not a hoax. The only controversy about this comes in the form of the interpretation, figuring out how this phantom leaf came to be. Like you can see it, you can search for it on your browser of choice, and yeah, it looks like. It looks like the ghost of a leaf is partially visible inside the physical body of a leaf. And it's completely understandable how this led various parapsychologists, psychics, and others to conclude, boom, 
we always said auras were real, and now we have documentation about them. However, this is why we didn't do a full episode just on Curlium photography. It's actually, we figured it out. Well, other people figured it out. Mm -hmm. And, you know, this has been leaned on pretty heavily by uh, parapsychologists and psychics who believe that this was the real deal. Um, but, you know, we, we have seen later studies that indicate that Curlian effect that we see is really more a product of moisture remaining within the object and the way electricity interacts with that uh, than it is some sort of spiritual uh, phenomenon. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know... <sighs> That sounds like a, a very skeptical answer, right? And if you are a, a true believer of this, that kind of explanation isn't going to cut it to make you think, well, no, this is all BS or this is all just a natural phenomena of electricity and water, essentially. So, yeah, the true, true believers just didn't, didn't go along with it. There are still millions of people who have claimed to perceive something like auras um, even if it's just one time in passing, or if it's just a part of their everyday life that they believe they are constantly seeing auras on on people, things, animals, places, all of that stuff. But there's or they're a, at Coachella. Especially you know, at Coachella. <laughs> things are getting wild. <laughs> right. You're, you're right, Matt. Um, knowing that a shock of electricity on a moist object causes gas ionization and that alters the electric charge of this photographic paper or film, knowing how that process works doesn't dissuade people, say, people who are convinced, you know, people who truly believe they have seen or are seeing auras. But add to that the fact that there is no credible, reproducible science experiment that's been able to prove the existence of auras in a way that both satisfies the skeptics and the psychics alike. So what gives? Is there anything like an actual Aura. Here's where it gets crazy. Oh, I knew it would. Yeah. I could feel I, it. Yeah. There are there are a few proposed causes of at least some things we will call auras, but we have to get the downers out of the way first. People really want to believe cool stuff. Yeah. I do. Every, Me too. Everybody. Yeah. Everybody wants to believe cool stuff. Everyone except nerds. <laughs> nerds Just kidding. Love they love cool nerds stuff. too. They love cool <laughs> stuff. <laughs> uh but Sometimes we love this idea of cool stuff so much that we can convince ourselves we see something that isn't actually there. And this is not to say that anybody is purposely deceiving anyone. It's just possible for us to deceive ourselves for through one method or another. And, you know, there's also the very real occurrence and possibility that the perception of an aura can be explained in some kind of mental health uh, fashion. People can, for a, a varying number of reasons, hallucinate or have an illusion of perceiving something like an aura. Um, although, you know, for, for a lot of people, this would be an episodic thing, right? Or, or a single occurrence where... I'm I'm having I'm going through something from a mental health perspective and it is causing me to perceive this um rather than it is just always happening. Right. And generally. That that doesn't mean it 
lands in every case, but generally. Yeah, it could also be something where uh, there is a physiological condition with the eyes, right? Or the, the true, uh, very true. The connection between the eyes and the brain, uh, or look, I'm gonna say it: drugs, after images, catching waves and streaks. Uh, people have encountered that sort of stuff, and that we can explain to a large degree through science. But we also know there's a really trippy thing here. We also know that physiological and psychological factors come into play here in a very weird intersection that a lot of people aren't aware of. Uh, there's someone named Bridget Perez who is writing for the Skeptical Inquirer and noted that there is a specific enzyme in every single person, which is known as catechol-O-methyltransferase, or COMT, it breaks down the dopamine in your brain, and it's, it's weird. Okay, so everybody's got this, right? But we have different versions of it. So some people have a allele with the COMT gene uh, of a certain type, right? And having this certain type of allele can cause higher levels of suggestibility or hypnotizability, I guess. The ability to be <laughs> yeah. hypnotized. Yeah. And this, this means that the capacity to see auras, well, to be accurate, the capacity to believe you are seeing auras may have a proven neurochemical and genetic basis, which means you may be inheriting this perception from, from wow. your earlier family members. That's an incredible idea. Just passing down the ability to see auras or even just passing down the feeling or perception that you are seeing auras. Well, I mean, if, if you go in for it at all in terms of belief, I mean, why shouldn't it be any different than any other inheritable trait, you know what I mean? Or an inheritable talent, even. It seems like a musical talent. You know, I mean, obviously it has to do with nurture as much as it does nature and practice, but, uh, you know, the inherent ability to be a good performer or singer or, or whatever tends to be passed down, it seems. Uh, I, I think that's fascinating. And, and, you know, it's the same kind of stuff you see in fiction with, like, wizards being, you know, sons, the children of wizards getting inheriting that uh, gene, like in Harry Potter and stuff. But isn't there, maybe it skips a generation sometimes, and then you end up, like, there's that one generation that doesn't get it. That would be a bummer to be in that one. But, well, you, uh, yeah, there, I mean, there's another interesting thing just to bring in here quickly, and, and it's the concept that we've talked about a couple episodes before this, uh, relating to genes and seemingly otherworldly powers or abilities. When, when you're thinking about um, the keys that are locked away in your DNA that's handed down through your family, that you may be more or less likely to experience something or to develop something like, um, like schizophrenia or mm. a, a type of schizophrenia or a type of hearing voices or those kinds of things mm -hmm. that, you know, we talked about before are linked back to not in every case, but in a lot of cases, humans throughout history experiencing divine inspiration or outside inspiration from a muse or from something like that, where it's um, being spoken to from some outside source when in reality, or at least according to the science, it's all happening in your head uh, or in one's head. But again, it's really tough to prove that. Mm -hmm. So far as we know, 
I mean, shout out to Graham Hancock. If we're, I, we still haven't done an episode on, on the mis, uh, the full crazy stuff about genetics, right? We talk a little bit about epigenetics, which humanity is still working out. Uh, but I love the idea. I just want to put it on the air there. I love the idea that all that junk DNA we have is somehow a message from an ancient civilization. Did you guys ever hear that one? I don't know. It, it, it's too early uh, in the day. This is like a Saturday night at a bar conversation, not a not a Friday cover. Remember Saturday night at the bar? That was cool. I uh. don't actually. <laughs> yes, you do. I'm going to be honest. I like not having to be social. That's fair. That's fair. It's a I mixed bag it. for me. Sometimes I'm fine with it and sometimes I miss it. But I used yeah. to have these reoccurring dreams for years, starting when I was like six years old, when I woke up and I was the only person on the planet. And I thought it you was normal. <laughs> yeah, I was stoked, and I thought I thought that this was the dream that everybody had. I didn't oh, wow. know that people had different Dang. dreams. Wow. Which okay. is weird. Yeah, yeah, okay, look, I have a lot to learn about humaning, but anyway, <laughs> anyway, yes, genes, right? We have found, we have found this proof, and we know that we are iterations of our ancestry uh, expressed in ways that we may not fully understand, right, within our lifetimes. Another example of this that could also explain at least some encounters with auras would be synesthesia. If you're one of the people who are hearing this podcast in colors, then you know exactly what we're talking about. Uh, for everyone else, we'll fill you in after a word from our sponsor. And the sponsor is going to be very green. Prepare yourself. Or orange, you know, that's the interesting and orange. part. And uh, green but, and orange. Yeah, well, <laughs> we, we have to get to the ad break. Okay, okay. Live Nation presents Concert Week. From now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 summer shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirks Bentley, Janet Jackson, Megan Trainer, Peso Pluma, Sean Paul, Sum 41, and many more. For way less. Grab your tickets now through May 14th to see all of the artists you love all summer long. For just $25. $25 each. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to buy now. That's LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to buy now. Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, Snag a Job is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On demand, temp to hire part-time or full-time. You name the position. Warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snag a Job's got a worker for that. With our easy to use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snag a Job is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well known to Americans. And yet, there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. 
The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow The Campaign Moment right now, wherever you're listening. This episode is brought to you by Terminix. Terminix can't help you solve the world's biggest mysteries or take on alien life. At least not the ones you're thinking of. But they can help take care of pesky invaders in your home. Like the ants in your kitchen, the roaches under your sink, and the termites in the walls. Because when pests show up, so does Terminix. No matter what type of pest it is, they can Terminix it fast with personalized pest care that puts you in control. Their expertly trained technicians may not know true crime, but they know their local pest pressures. And with customized plans tailored to your specific situation, you get everything you need to not just get pests out, but keep them out for good. Between their speedy service, caring technicians, and over 95 years of experience, it's no mystery why they're trusted by homes and businesses everywhere. So if you have a pest problem, don't stress it. Terminix it. Visit Terminix.com to book your appointment online today. That's T-E-R-M-I-N-I-X.com to book online today. And we're back. So do certain letters have a color in your mind? Or a, yeah. Or a tactile sensation? Is J fuzzy to you, right? Does S have sinuous scales? Do sounds have taste? You know what I mean? There are people in the world, um, and I, I am actually one of them, who have this condition called synesthesia. And I, I, I imagine everybody has it to some degree. Our, our sensory experiences that are usually separate, you know, uh, sound, touch, smell, taste, uh, sight, those kind of things, they, when you have synesthesia or you experience it, those things kind of, their wires cross and they exist as, as, they exist as one related sensation. So you imagine every time you hear a phone ring, the old school, you know, like house phones, when you hear one of those ring, you taste toast. Yeah. Wow. Taste buttered toast. Don't they, know why. <laughs> this is, is, isn't, isn't, isn't that also what like people having a stroke report sometimes like uh, mm -hmm. a certain sense of uh, tasting bitter almonds or oranges or smelling burnt toast mm -hmm. got me yes. smelling almonds yeah essentially senses crossing over there in that case too and and synesthesia has always felt like a superpower of some sort to me and like maybe that's just because I've never experienced it. I honestly don't know if it's more of a blessing or a curse or if it's on an individual level, just how you decide to look at it. Um, I'd love to talk more about it with you, Ben. I know we've mentioned it before on the show. You know, I think about somebody like Daniel Tammet, who there's a book called Born on a Blue Day, and it's all about um, this gentleman, Daniel Tammet, and it's it's amazing what he can do with what his mind does when he thinks about numbers and a couple of bunch of other things. I believe, correct me if I'm wrong, guys, but I believe he is the gentleman who sees numbers as a specific shape and a color. And when he, when numbers get larger and larger and larger for him, they become these intricate things, but his mind, because he can visualize numbers in this way, 
when he combines them in various um, you know forms of mathematics, he he literally sees the answer as a thing and in as a as an object and then interprets that object as oh well that's these numbers and that's this number that's this other new number. Mm-hmm. It's it's fascinating, yeah, and I, I'm really glad you mentioned this because in his mind, like you said, I think it's every digit from zero to 10,000 or something like that, maybe even higher. Every single one has in his head a very well-defined three-dimensional shape with a unique color and texture, maybe a weight. I don't know. I don't know. So he is, he is 3D modeling in real time, these concepts, and, uh, and he's legitimate. Yeah, this is, this is a real thing. He is also very rare. That is a very extreme form oh, yeah. of what we're describing. But I guess just having even one individual with their mind functioning in that way mm-hmm. um, makes it makes me feel as though synesthesia could be maybe harnessed even further. I, I don't know, and I don't I mean to speak. So. Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't need to speak out of turn here because I have no concept of what it would be like. But it feels like it, you could harness it for something great or mm-hmm. evil, maybe. No, probably <laughs> just great. Well, at least in in terms of processing power of the mind, right? I mean, what if we were in a world uh, thousands of years in the future where AI has been considered too dangerous and we can't use quote-unquote thinking computers? Yeah, I'm describing Dune. I know. I, just <laughs> saw, I saw the new trailer. That's what happens at Dune. It's not a spoiler. And they I have haven't seen use- it yet. Oh, oh dude. Uh, yeah, it's, it's good. good. You'll like it. Uh, and they in- instead use these things called mentats. What you remember from the earlier, uh, you know, the earlier Dune iterations. And what's happening here is very similar in ways to what a, a Mentat does. So I think we could build real ones. I think there are a ton of laws preventing us from doing that. And I don't know whether it would be ethical, but that's a, that's a long-standing point of difference uh, between you and I, Matt. I don't have as much of a problem with the ethics I am not as conflicted forward you, to the future. What are you talking about? Do what thou wilt. That will be the whole of the law. Come on. Okay, okay, Anton. <laughs> what? But yeah, there's. But you're right. There, there are tons of things. Like I can't remember which episode we've mentioned this on. But there are tons of things we could do, uh, very unethical things to change how our abilities as human beings express, right? We know there are people with nearly unbreakable bones, people with super strength, people uh, who are tetrachromats, right? Which I think could also maybe be related to the idea of sensing auras. But and then there are people like Daniel Tammet. Uh, but synesthesia is something that people can experience in a one-off. Maybe you have been under the influence of something and all of a sudden you've experienced music in a new way. That's a very common anecdote people report and it's a real thing, but there's an issue with this explanation. If people who are seeing auras are synesthetes and they're, they're seeing, they, they are perceiving something through their unique sensory array, then why don't they perceive the same thing? I always think of uh, this, that amazing author, Vladimir Nabokov. Uh, he, he was a synesthete, and he obsessively cataloged all the connections he encountered 
You can, he, he has stuff like, okay, so I thought of the letter O, which is obviously this pale, pearl, opalescent, kind of smooth mirror-like thing. I mean, right? Certainly. That's O. Yeah. yeah, that's O. Sure. <laughs> and so he wrote this down for all these letters or sounds, and he compared his notes to other members of his family who also had synesthesia. And their answer was essentially, what is wrong with you? You're crazy. O is like fluffy... And it's kind of um, it's kind of red, and it bounces. It's like a O is like a futon. They were saying, yeah. Uh, R, however, is fully pearl. Uh, <laughs> whatever it is that you described, I apologize. I can't remember that far back, but yes, it, it's amazing. That that is amazing. That he had members of his own family. We're going back to genes there. Uh, going back to the DNA shared by those family members. And they didn't see the same thing, man. Wow. Yeah. That, and what does that mean? It's common. It means that whatever's happening in the brain, while the process may be similar, uh, the end result for the conscious mind is unique. It's distinct. There was no true color for the letter Z, right? Or no true ubiquitous tactile surface for the letter I don't know, P or J or whatever you want to say. And so... In this is interesting because in multiple studies about auras, people who feel they perceive auras have ended up describing different things about the same person or animal or object, different colors, different vibrations, and so on. So there's mean certain, they're faking. Yeah, well, I was going to say, there's certainly some people the audience who say, well, yeah, obviously, because it's not real and they're lying. But, but I think maybe it's, in some cases at least, it's going to be more complicated than that. And so it makes sense that people throughout history with some form of this condition would have no other way to explain their experiences. So in the context of their society and their time, something like an aura seems a very reasonable explanation for what they are perceiving. There's one last twist. I know it sounds like we are completely debunking auras. It sounds like science has more or less disproven the concept of auras, at least as proposed by Lebbeter and his and his crew. There just doesn't seem to be objective evidence for them, at least none that can be found in controlled studies. And again, there are loads and loads of experiments about this. It's possible, too, that when we think of an aura, we may be experiencing other sensations, radiating body heat, I'm sure. Uh, everybody has encountered this before. You get a hand close enough to someone, but not quite touching them, and you can feel the heat, just like if your hand was close to a light bulb. But here's the twist. You see, it turns out people don't just emit heat. We do have auras. We emit light. Yeah, it sounds insane, but it's true, and I am looking at a, a study that was posted in the Guardian at a picture of a person emitting small amounts of light. And it looks at first glance like a FLIR image or something that you would see uh, that, that is measuring heat, but it is not. It is measuring light output in a darkened room. It is the craziest thing ever. And I can't wait to discuss it. Yeah. In 2009, a team of Japanese researchers found that human beings like some deep-sea fish, are bioluminescent. We are very dim, walking light bulbs. And the problem is that our eyes are just a little too weak to catch the, uh, the light we're emitting. Uh, they, they said they, they waxed a little poetic in their study, which is published in PLOS 1. 
said the human body literally glimmers. The intensity of light emitted by the body is 1,000 times lower than the sensitivity of our naked eyes. Wow. So that that being said, they had to use really, really, really sensitive instruments to monitor um, the uh, participants in their study, which were five male volunteers, um, and they were monitored uh, for 20 minutes every three hours inside a completely dark room for three days straight. Um, they found that all of the volunteers glowed throughout the day. Uh, the brightest spots appeared around the forehead, the neck, the cheeks, um, and uh, that was uh, at peak uh, luminescence, I guess, in the late afternoon. And the bioluminescence seemed dimmest at night. Uh, and it's an important caveat here uh, that this was not infrared radiation caused by heat. Um, these people's bodies and yours are actually emitting photons of visible light, if uh, very, very small, very hard to detect by, by the human eye. Um, but it's there. Yeah. And, and, um, this is according to a journalist, Elliot Bentley. There's a quote here. The result of highly reactive free radicals produced through cell respiration, interacting with free floating lipids and proteins. Good luck understanding that. But, uh, it's a natural phenomenon, essentially. It's a set of natural processes that is causing this small amount of light to be emitted. Yeah, these molecules interact with fluorophones. These are excited molecules. I love that that's a scientific yeah. term. <laughs> they're excited molecules. So they're excited. They interact with these fluorophores, and those can emit a photon, and then boom, 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 you are actually glowing. You're glowing right now while you listen to this. You know, that's that's pretty cool to think. We're all kind Thanks of so like, much, Ben. We're all kind of like the superhero dazzler, right? On a much lower level. But the uh, the team thinks that people's heads glow the most because they're the part of the body that generally sees more sunlight. And this affects the melanin inside the skin and it triggers the illuminating reaction better than other areas. This is weird. Okay, very quickly, walk with me on this. It appears to be linked to our metabolisms. We burn the most energy in the late afternoon, so that's when we glow the most brightly. The coolest part about this is that one day we may be able to scan the surface of a person's body, checking their light levels, which already sounds kind of new age, <laughs> right? And this could help us pinpoint possible medical conditions that express themselves through variations in the metabolism. So what does this mean for today's show? It means that essentially, yes, human beings do have auras, and we are learning to read them. Just not the kind of auras we, we thought and we're not not the kind of reading we imagined. Yeah, it takes sophisticated scientific equipment to read these auras that are 1,000 times less bright than your eye can perceive. So it's highly unlikely that anyone would be able to perceive your aura just with their naked eye the way that so many have reported to do so, unless there's, again, something at play that we don't understand. But still fascinating, right? And it's oh, not—it's yeah. not a, a a definitive no. We're on the we're on the forefront of some very very exciting things here, and this is where we want to hear from you. Do you see or have you seen auras? What, what was your experience like? What were the circumstances? How how have you explained it in your mind? Have you met someone who appeared to influence in one way or another your own field of energy? Were you walking? 
like our, our good pal Matt through a grocery store and someone stopped you and said that you shine with a golden hue, I would make my day. You know, that's a sweet thing to I hear. I mean, it is such a sweet thing to hear, but also I was like, uh oh, maybe maybe I need to blot or something. <laughs> maybe, maybe it's maybe it's jaundice. You have like some sort of like radiative jaundice. No, I don't think so. <laughs> I was wearing stage makeup. No, I'm sure. No, I think it's just your I think it's just your inner goodness glowing out from within. You're a golden boy. You're like For that a lady. Dennis Reynolds golden god type of thing. I feel Ooh. like I've bound us to one always sunny reference per episode. I like to anyway. bind. I like to be bound. Bound? <laughs> <laughs> tools. I need my tools. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, yes. Yeah, so, so we do want to hear from you, you know, whether you think this is bunk, whether you think there is more to the story, how do you explain these experiences to yourselves or how do your loved ones explain this to you? Let us know. You can find us. We're all over the Internet, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. We like to recommend our Facebook community page. Here's where it gets crazy, uh, where you can see a thread of people talking about how they, our voices don't match our faces. And they don't. Listen to this. Shouldn't be coming out of here. Yeah, you can see a lot of that too on our YouTube channel, right? In real time. Uh, <laughs> it's the faces, uh, you know, yeah. glaring back at you. And that's youtube.com slash conspiracy stuff. And uh, something we don't mention enough that, that I think we should bring back. If you want, you can get stuff they don't want you to know printed on a mug or, or a t shirt or like a mouse pad or whatever. Just go to. Uh, tpublic.com and search for stuff they don't want you to know. And there's all kinds of cool stuff there. And I think we're going to release some new items in the relatively near future. Yeah. It, the URL is tteepublic.com slash stores slash stuff they don't want you to know. Good luck. You can also you can also give us a call directly where we are one 833 S-T-D-W-Y-T-K. Please let us know uh, your thoughts on any and everything under or over the sun. And important note here, let us know whether you are okay with us using your story or your feedback on air. Yes, and if you do end up on the YouTube channel, please comment with uh, your interpretations of our auras in whichever video. Just, just put it in the comments. Tell us what you think. Uh, and specifically what I want to see, somebody's going to win the the fun prize the when the they give us when, when, they give, when they give us Scully's aura. If you see Scully in a video, tell us exactly what her aura looks like. This has okay. been a subject of great contention between the, all four of us for mm-hmm. some time. It has. Yeah. All right. <laughs> I, I think that's it. Uh, if you don't want to connect with us in any of those ways, you can always leave us a good old fashioned email. We are conspiracy at iHeartRadio.com. Stuff They Don't Want You to Know is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows.
Live Nation presents Concert Week. From now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 summer shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirks Bentley, Janet Jackson, Megan Trainer, Peso Pluma, Sean Paul, Sum 41, and many more. For way less. Grab your tickets now through May 14th to see all of the artists you love all summer long. For just $25. $25 each. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to buy now. That's LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to buy now. Attention, true crime enthusiast. Searching for a way to unwind after diving deep into the mysteries that keep you up at night? Look no further. Introducing Lazarus Naturals, your trusted companion for CBD relief. With a commitment to transparency, Lazarus Naturals oversees every step from farm to doorstep, ensuring purity and quality you can trust. Visit LazarusNaturals.com today and discover how CBD can help you decompress and recharge for your next investigation. That's LazarusNaturals.com. Lazarus Naturals. Your partner in unraveling the mysteries of true crime. Not available in Idaho, Iowa, or South Dakota. Dealing with pests can be a pain, but relax. Terminix can help. Because when pests show up, so does Terminix. With over 95 years of experience, they have what it takes to take on any pest problem fast. If your home or business has pests, don't stress it. Terminix it. Visit Terminix.com to book your appointment online today. That's T-E-R-M-I-N-I-X.com. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts.